0: Pleasure Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Feldman, sex and pleasure coach, and I'm here to remind you of your natural birthright as a pleasure seeker. So listen on and create your most turned-on, orgasmic life. Are you doing the dry January? <laughs> It's January 3rd, so if you are, and it's a Monday, so really, I'm sure you are, (laughs) as is like uh, half of everyone, right? Drinking my tea on a dry January day. So I did a podcast with a fantastic coach, Jenny Jector, and we talk about alcohol We're talking about booze. We're talking about booze and sex. And are you doing the dry January? So it's an interesting conversation that I have with Jenny because we really break down, first of all, why are we reaching for alcohol so much and so happily? Like, what is it that makes you want the drink? Like, what is it that makes you just, uh, it's like sold to us time and time and time and time again. And we really do believe it. It's like sophisticated and classy. God damn. Every time I watch Mad Men or whatever, I'm like, I need, I need a drink Manhattan or sex in the city or whatever it is. It's like sophisticated. It's necessary. It's flirtatious. It's fun. It helps you relax. And there is this like warming quality that feels grounded and calm and you get out of your brain and that feels sexy. Yeah. It feels like, Oh, that's the key that I'm looking for. I want to unlock this like busy brain, get into my body and have experiences that are sexy and connected and fun and help me tap something inside of me that feels really vibrant and alive. And let's just say, like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I do think there is a pretty solid window in there where you're like, yeah, I get to be my best self. (laughs) And, um, but that window is actually very small. And for most people, we actually just kind of skip over the embodied part and we just kind of like the brain, it's like, Hi. You're like, "No, I want another. I want the next sip. I want the next sip. I want to drink it more and it becomes about the alcohol. It becomes about the drink more than this experience in your body and an experience of pleasure and connection." So, like let, let me just be the first to say. De- December was I I tied a few on pretty hard and they came back to haunt me the next day. So I am also taking it easy this month and really just letting this be a time to explore how I want to be more intentional with how I treat my body, how I invite pleasure and deal with social anxiety, deal with like sexual hangups and just wanting to really be with myself through that more than just about the alcohol. So in this podcast, we think about like if you want to have alcohol in your life and it's like totally your bitch, you get to decide how alcohol goes and it's only for enhancing an already really pleasurable experience versus escaping awkwardness or trying to get into the mood, like forcing a, a sexy feeling or vibe. And if alcohol was really just like giving you a lap dance on your mouth, like like on your lips like the texture of the alcohol or the cocktail the cocktail as it goes down like hits the back of your throat and if you took a sip each sip was like this whole experience like going down the back of your throat into your like stomach and chest and like throughout your whole body like how much would you actually drink if you were in tune with you know the actual lived experience of alcohol in your body and the point at which it deviates and goes into like disconnection and sloppiness and like I'd rather just sleep and maybe fight with you, depending on which alcohol you're imbibing. (laughs) So wherever you are this month, whatever your plans are for drinking or creating pleasure, I invite you to ask your body what feels good? What is next? So what is the experience that your body is actually longing for? Is Does it want to be warm? Does it want to relax? Does it want to feel more pleasure or to feel more abandoned, more surrender, more confidence, adventure? And if that's the case, if alcohol isn't actually going to provide that for you, maybe like a little hint of it, it's actually an experience you can allow and create starting from like allowing it in your mind and then stoking the pleasure, following your body's lead of what you want more of. So if you also want just a really fun conversation to listen to with Jenny Jector, follow her on Instagram. She's fucking amazing and so funny. And yeah. Happy January, everyone. <laughs> All right. So you moved recently.
1: Yes, we moved in January and I think COVID actually opened us up to a lot of truths about how we were living our life and yeah. what wasn't working for us. And I, I think everyone had that experience yeah. in some way, you know, um, like what have I been missing out on? Yeah. Um, uh, Cause you guys moved.
0: Yeah when levi was born he's four now i was like i want to quit my job and i don't know figure out my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and quit many multiple jobs that i had and we moved to florida from san francisco so the plan was always to like stay there for a few years and then move back to california this is where my brother and my sister are it kind of coincided with like the beginning of COVID and just, and so we moved out to Cal, like Northern California then. Um It works. And we live next to my parents, which is super convenient. And yeah, we're still kind of like settling in. I don't know. I feel like with COVID we moved and we're like, and we need to make friends now. Anyone, anyone uh, want to hang out or, or not hang out? Yeah. Um, maybe later, but like any introverted <laughs> like tendencies that I have, I'm like, okay, you're going to make a friend today. Don't be a weirdo. I'm like, hi, don't. Okay. No, bye. <laughs> okay. I'll see you. Never. I mean, never. Here's my number.
1: <laughs> don't call Did me. Do call me.
0: Did you get, Did no, you I actually didn't it? give it to you. I, I thought about it, but I didn't give it to you. Why aren't you calling me? My kids are like, stop talking <laughs> Oh so God. I know like, we've been like that makes, that makes me like a whole
1: discussion and I feel like when I have you on my the um milfs dropping the mic we will talk about making friends as adults I think that yeah, needs to be so. you are both in the same situation of putting yourself out there and literally what this experience does is it for me at least it pulls up all the rejection trauma, all the insecurities from like elementary school mm-hmm. and middle school. And I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit, there is a whole nother layer of me trying to navigate this situation in unhappled ways. And wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Like at drop-off, I was literally laughing about this today. Cause I was like, I just wanna not make eye contact and then sort of make eye contact with some <laughs> other parents. And then I'm like, well, wait, they're having their friends. What are they doing? Okay. I was like, whoa, this is super weird. What is happening? I'm in, I'm sweating. I feel really uncomfortable. Uh, I'm like giving myself pep talks. <laughs> yeah. Like this is really interesting. So interesting. It's so funny. Cause my husband's like, you're not introverted. You're really, uh, you're not introverted. I'm, I'm like, I when really you say, I am. Like- Really, <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, I'm super awkward with meeting new people. Like I'm fine in my own comfort zone. And I think sometimes that's why like Instagram and Facebook can be really comfortable for me. Cause I'm like, it's just me
1: hanging yeah. out,
0: talking to a screen. Yeah. Like nobody's even talking back. Um, and so, yeah, I think even like noticing the people around me, I'll be like, my brain will still want to go to like, they think you're a weirdo and they don't like you. I'm like, where did that thought even, I haven't thought that in so long. Like that's like the middle school part of my brain that kicks on And, and, you know, like trying all the things that I've been doing to be like, oh, what do I like? What do I want? What feels like fun and sexy and like a little uncomfortable to me, and can you keep doing that? And honestly, like bringing that into my normal life has been the biggest challenge of like this part of my, I don't know, season or whatever where I'm like, can I dress like this to preschool drop-off and like walk up to the door and say hi to the other parents? And I'm like, I don't know if I can
1: do that. Oh my God, it's like it requires this whole another layer of acceptance. It's like 100%. deep acceptance and deep attunement and acknowledging like that primitive part of our brain that just is just there, you yeah. know, like, Oh, it's just trying to be like, protect me and tell me that they don't like me, like reject ahead of time. That's what I notice in myself. Mm-hmm. Like when my mind starts judging, I'm like, Oh, you're just rejecting ahead of time. That's your, that's your normal way. Remember, we don't want mm-hmm. to do that. not how we make friends. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was listening to this podcast yesterday about swinging parties and kind of like the small intimate house party. And my brain just kept going to like, I do literally don't know how I would do that without being drunk or on drugs. (laughs) And I don't feel like I drink heavily and I don't do drugs upon occasion. I have, but you know, it's not like my go-to is to be social. I have to have a drink in my hand or Mm. be like on like rolling on Molly or something. You know, I'm like, that's not my life. But when those like the fear of rejection is really high. And this like self-rejection of like my, my body. And like, is it young? Is it sexy? Is it hot? Is it acceptable? Is it all those things that I haven't even like considered on like a public scale? You know, I was like, how would you do that without alcohol? And I mean, obviously I can think about it and I'm like, oh, there's just emotions there that you'd be like inviting in discomfort, but What was interesting is that what this podcast that I've been listening to, they talk a lot about alcohol and not in like a, let's think about what alcohol is doing in our minds and bodies and sex life, but in a very like, what are we drinking tonight? And, oh, this is our cocktail. And then we're gonna talk about like, like alcohol is part of the experience. And I was thinking like, obviously, There's nothing wrong with that. But when I think about alcohol and like trying new things, that relationship is so intertwined in something that feels like you could be rejected or you could be nervous socially that like that. Certainly if there's like a sexual component too, where you're like, oh, and there's another layer of being vulnerable. How do I do this without the alcohol like salve? Yeah,
1: I, I think of it as like, and I, I kind of talk to my clients about it in this way of like it's so much radical self ownership because it's like when we delegate an experience even just a little bit to alcohol to handle for us we don't get to own it fully and and I don't and I don't mean like mm-hmm. a lot like when you just have alcohol as an experience as like you know because I you know a really great glass of wine or a really amazing cocktail. And it, it can be an accentuation of something, mm-hmm. but there becomes that moment where our body, we, we stop being embodied by ourselves. And I don't know what that moment is for everybody with their amounts. And I think the less you drink, the less it becomes. Like you, you can drink a little bit and all of a sudden you are not fully inhabited by yourself mm. that alcohol yeah. is is coming in and being influential in your words and your actions and your sensations and that can be and i think it just it just changes over time. and mm-hmm. so kind of talking about your program you're doing in the next month it it's this level of embodiment that we will allow ourselves to to take over. you're going to have to own it at some point. <laughs> you know, like whatever the belief system is that like makes you feel se- sensitive to a uh, rejection or it, it's, you're going to have to own it at some point. So it's kind of like, even just that one glass of wine is still sort of like giving a little bit of your agency, I think. Um, and it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean like we're wrong for doing it. It just means like, this is my opinion. Like, it just means like, there's still this little part of me that doesn't feel gr- great right now. And I'm just going to acknowledge it. And it's okay. Yeah.
0: Versus like, I don't feel comfortable. How do I get comfortable? It's like pushing down the discomfort, like ignoring the discomfort. Um, so I can do what I want so I can have what I want. But yeah. if we don't recognize that there is discomfort that's coming up for a reason, and maybe that's just different than like, oh yeah, we're at a nice cocktail bar and they're known for this type of cocktail. It's going to taste good. It's going to, like feel fun to drink it and like cheers and like enhance the situation. Yeah. But I just think of like the times where I want to be uninhibited. So there's like this desire to be um, really comfortable in my body and to be out of my brain. Mm-hmm. And I think even when I know the tools to like inhabit my body, like the when alcohol is presented, there's such a strong desire for, the shortcut and to be like, oh, I'm just going to turn off the brain and I'm going to have this like really embodied, sexy, fun time without really recognizing how, how short of a window that is where your brain quiets and you feel comfortable in your body yeah. or you actually don't have a very clear communication with your body. And it's like sloppy or tired or yeah, uh, you're not really in it anymore.
1: Yeah. So- and alcohol is so pleasurable like it, it's kind of it, like I don't know if you're done this like like you're drinking and your plan is to have sex later that night and then all of a sudden you're like I don't even care about it you yeah. know like, <laughs> you know, like it, it it's like one of those things it's like one of those metal slides um where it can go really fast and you're like this looks fun and then you're like what <laughs>
0: You know, so yeah. I think, I or think it- like it's the metal slide, but then you're wearing shorts and it's kind of hot and it like burns you, <laughs> and then you get stuck on it. And then you're like, this fucking is not my experience that I thought, no, off, done. <laughs> Take me back off that That's slide. Tequila. <laughs> 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 we went down the tequila slide way too fast, too hard. <laughs> Things went south. <soft. laughs> I, I think it just was like, you know,
1: the way we have a relationship with our body, we have a relationship with alcohol and you know, I, what I, my boundary that I have established that has worked well for me is that I don't use alcohol to escape or create. So I never use it from a place of negative emotion and I don't use it to create, make myself feel better. Um, and so it always is a place of neutrality and that makes it way less mm. fun. And it makes it totally. makes you like, I drink so much less because like when you're content, like if you look at the emotional scale from law of attraction, like boredom and content are one scale away.
0: Mm,
1: yeah. And I like t- tell my friends, like you, cause people drink from boredom. Right. I'm like, you are literally one thought away, yeah. one experience away from contentment. And if you can be content, your decisions around drinking is so much, they're so much different. You know, mm. like when we come from anger when we come from like sorrow or loneliness, like that is a bigger, dump cause you know, alcohol is like, Oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take you up here to joy and love and all this stuff, you know, like alcohol is like, you know, fake love, fake joy, whatever. But when you're at contentment, you're like, I could probably see myself moving up, but I don't even need to. Cause I just feel good right here. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, and how often do you think people think or tell themselves they're bored? but like, they're actually not bored. They're like restless and discontent. And it it almost like appears as boredom, like that five o'clock witching hour or whatever, where you're like about to start dinner and you're like, I just, mm, I just like need something. Yeah. Um, it's like a lot of people
1: come and it's it's habitual. They just come home, they pull they pull their wine glass out, they pour a glass of wine as they're like chatting with their partner, they're making dinner, the kids are doing whatever. Like so the the habit becomes that automatic thing that we're not even thinking about. And so there there's that component. And then I think that there is this expectation, I think, because I I don't know anyone's household that isn't like sort of like this routine, chaotic time between five and eight o'clock. Like it just is that like my house, I don't care if I have like calm ass jazz music playing some incense, <laughs> some aromatherapy, like, you know, like a puzzle going or something. Like the, the energy is just like frenetic in my house yeah. between five to eight, because the kids are just like, they're coming back from school And Mm -hmm. they're just, they're amped up. So their energy very much fills the space. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to ground at that time. Mm -hmm. And I used to ground with alcohol. You know, like my job is to kind of like bring the energy into like a container that is like settling down and going into the the night. And I couldn't do that before because of like, I was working and, um, full time. And I would just come home and be in this like, oh, like, I couldn't even calm my mental space. So it depends on the day, you know, like, I think some people like on the weekend, they might say they're bored or if, you know, if they are a single household and they, they might say that they're bored and they're lonely and that kind of stuff, tune into what's actually happening in your house. There's a lot of energy going on. So I yeah. think you're actually right. It's probably more restless than bored, mm-hmm. that restlessness is a call from spirit to go into action of some kind to do yeah. something different. And yeah, you know,
0: yeah. Well, and if you think like, this is the time where there is like the transition from either your work day, your kind of like personal time, your, you know, worldly thinking, and then you're like, okay, wait, now we actually do have to move from dinner into bedtime into like, Evening, or whatever it is with your household, there is that like restlessness that's calling you into action, like you said, and the desire to not be anxious or the desire to not be like frenetic. So, yeah, the desire to ground. Yeah. Um, this is like an area where so many of my clients get it's like this cultural link, link that we have between like getting out of your head and feeling sexy and using alcohol to do that. It's kind of this magic elixir to like the social lubricant. So back when, you know, you were in high school or in college or whatever, and you're like, how do I connect with men or a sexual partner? Alcohol is like almost always part of that equation on like a social level. And, and I mean, I work with women that are usually already married or into a relationship or not necessarily, you know, they're At a mature enough level where it's not like all about the alcohol or the partying, but it becomes this habit of like, I don't really know how to turn off my brain. I don't really know how to feel sexy or get turned on, Mm -hmm. but I'm associating it with alcohol and I'm associating my, my like turn on with alcohol, which is ironic because it's a depressant and (laughs) it usually doesn't really help right? Yeah.
1: It, it, it numbs out sensation actually, you know, like yeah. I think beyond like maybe like one little glass of wine and maybe not even a glass. It might be even like less than that. It does actually numb you to sensation. Cause if you think like alcohol is numbing emotion, it's numbing everything. Right. Yeah. So it's numbing all sorts of sensation in the body. So it is harder to orgasm. It is harder to like feel everything mm. after you've had drinks. But one of the things that I think about a lot, and even in my own journey with dating and being when I was single and with my husband, especially cause we drank a shitload when we first started dating. And I am just thinking like alcohol is like the keys to creating new identity sexually mm. I think for a lot mm-hmm. of us, like mm-hmm. where we want to be this way and we don't feel comfortable And so we're using alcohol as like an identity key to like turn it up ahead of time, as opposed to what we could be doing. And I'm not saying anyone should be doing this, but like really going into like, who is this sexual being? What is she like, like, and, and really doing that work that you're probably doing with your clients and creating that identity over a shorter period of time. And like dipping yourself into it as opposed to like what alcohol does which is like i'm just gonna boom here's your new sexual identity go do it but you're not gonna feel it and by the way now it's mine
0: yeah like you <laughs> don't feel it that. you don't really remember it you don't actually get the experience you might be imagining you will have and or the connection that you want to have like yeah. you're kind of just numbing and t- turning down the drama in your head or the resistance to it If there is inhibitions, if there is like some barrier where it's like, I can't do a lap dance, I can't do like sexy moves or my husband's got a beer belly and he farts and he's like (coughs) so fucking annoying. And we got in this like tip this morning, but no, we're going to have a sexy date and he wants to have sex or whatever, where it's like, I just need to get into it. I have to have a glass of wine. Your brain has all these barriers to your own pleasure. And there's this desire to clear those barriers. But when your only option is to like, just shut the brain up with alcohol, like those, those barriers are still there. Like the story is still there. I always, I like drinking. I love drinking. There's like, uh, you know, I come from a restaurant and bar, you know, industry as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and theater, which let's just say there's lots of drinking in theater, <laughs> yeah. but drinking in all industries, in all <laughs> industries, let's just say you're in HR, though, it's like a drinking industry, yeah. as well. yeah. um, but it's like, it is, um,
1: why can't I think of the word intentional,
0: mm-hmm. intentional
1: yeah. you know, but you're not giving your experience of anything to alcohol. And I think what's most important is. Because um, my, my husband like he loves to maybe like once every month or once every six weeks like he wants to go and throw down. and it's like this this energetic release for him. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I understand that. Wait but, like, throw down
0: with alcohol or like yeah. with sex. <laughs> oh yeah He's like throw down every Jenny, day with sex. We're going we're going downtown. You're like
1: yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you,
0: uh, clear my calendar
1: it's kind of like, he knows what he's signing up for when he does it, you know, he's like, okay, I know the next yeah. day I'm probably going to feel like crap, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, kind of like what you're saying is like, you know, like you're not going to have sex that night. It's going to be a date of a different kind of like experience yeah. something together, but you're not going to go into it using yeah. alcohol as a way to create this sexual yeah. experience, you know?
0: that is kind of the experience you're going for. You're honest with yourself. And you're like, I mean, we went out to um, get cocktails the other, like last week or whatever. And part of what I wanted from that date was I want to get dressed up. I want to be really sexy. I want to be seen. Like I want other people to see me. Like this is something I've just been really craving post COVID kind of like having date night at home (laughs) or in a park somewhere alone, Um, where it's like, I want to be at a bar and I want other people to see me in a sexy context with my husband. And I want drinks to be involved. I don't want to get past that threshold where I'm not paying attention or I'm not even like enjoying being seen, you know, it's like, and to me, I was like, yes, I want drinks and I want to be able to drive home. And there's like, you know, country mountain roads here so I'm like I li- literally it was like do not be confused that if I'm honest with my body like what is that threshold where I no longer feel confident and like not secure emotionally but like sure footed in my body so mm-hmm. and sometimes like you stand up and you're like I'm kind of gonna I'm a little more wobbly than I thought I was walking to the bathroom these heels feel way less com like, secure just because you've had a drink. And so you're like, do I actually feel more sexy in my body or do I just feel like tipsy, you know? Yeah. I, you know, and I'm sure that this is like what you coach your clients on
1: is like, what does it mean to feel sexy? Mm-hmm. Like what is your brain yeah. definition of that? Yeah. You know?
0: Because yeah
1: you know, what I think is sexy and what my husband thinks is sexy is like, so different, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it really is like, there's no, there's no definition, but you know, there is an idea of drinking of sophistication and sexiness. And we have definitely gotten that imagery in cinema and television. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with sex in the city and damn those girls were fucking living it up super sexy to me drinking every episode, you know? So it really is like, it's, it's, I think there, it's like a two-part process of what is your definition of sexy? Does that, what does it feel like in your body? And where is my experience with alcohol? Like, what does that limit look like to where it does not take away from me? -hmm. Really, still owning all of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you just have to be really honest with yourself because when there's shit going on in your brain, and I'll just use myself and my very animated brain as the example where it's like, even as a sex coach and like working with all these tools, like I have social anxieties a lot of times where it's just like, how do I act and move in my body? And I have to like guide myself back into like, I know how to create sexy and it's as, as simple as like leaning back and making eye contact. Like literally that's as simple as it can be (laughs) for myself to be like scanning the room and and like letting myself take up space. So if I want to drink for that, you know, like as part of the experience, it's like slowing down to be like, all right this drink is going to change one sip at a time will change how my body feels, especially if it's before dinner, right? And, yeah. you know, so it's like, if I have a sip, it's like, ooh, that is hitting my stomach and I can feel like the warmth in my body Yeah, and I can feel myself relax and I'm going to take a pause. Like it tastes yeah. good on my lips. I want more. I can feel that desire. And I'm going to like, like if you think about sophistication, like what is that sophisticated experience where you're like, I want to create this experience and I can feel it physiologically changing my, my experience right now. And I want to slow it all down. So I am really in control of where I want this to go. Yeah. And it is way less. It's way less it's alcohol so than less, you think.
1: Especially if you get a cocktail out like that you don't make, you know, because if you're making drinks at home, you know the exact amount you can control it more. Um, but when you're out and someone makes your drink, you have no idea, you know, exactly how much is in there. Um, and I love the way you're talking about this because it's almost like you're making your drink experience like this foreplay.
0: Yes. And like, it's a very sexual. Bypassing your own pleasure, bypassing it all.
1: Have you ever seen Margaret Show, the comedian? Yes. Oh my gosh,
0: her, like talking about dating and she, she said something like where
1: she was like, I just walk up to a guy and go, stick it in. (laughs) 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 It was something like that. But I think of that as like, you know, if you're using alcohol in order to, and, and again, it's not to judge you for doing this because we all have these coping strategies and ways that we self-comfort and self-soothe. So it's not judging. It's curiously looking at like, when we're doing that, you know, it's kind of that experience of like, I'm going to use this alcohol because I don't feel good. I don't feel right in my body. I don't feel right in this experience. So I'm going to stick it in and yeah. just put it no on. You know? lube,
0: just okay. going straight for the home run
1: here. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just going to take it all the way there and have no noticing and no, none of this.
0: Yeah. but, yeah, I just, but Listen, I can- like that's what we do in sex. And I think that's just like a patriarchal view of sex anyway, that we've learned from God knows 15 or whatever, where it's like, it's about penetration. It's about climax, mostly male climax. And there's like a very linear path to that. And alcohol kind of fits into that where it's like, let's just get the job done. Let's just like, it, uh-huh. like get turned on, be ready. Don't worry about your emotions or your state or checking in with yourself or taking your time or like really checking in with like, is this pleasurable? Do I like this? Is it helping? Or do I cross that line where I need to like slow it down and push the plate away and be like, I actually don't want more food in my stomach. And I don't want more alcohol in my body, you know? And I think about the ways foreplay gets so like forgotten, like I I literally gave head every single day in high school (laughs) with my boyfriend. It was like that's what we do. We're not having sex, so I am going to give head. Yeah, don't even go down on me. That's too freaky. Like we're just going to. This is the wheelhouse I have. Lucky boyfriend. I know you're welcome, (laughs) David Turner. Take, take, take. That's great. Nope, nope, nope. And I just think of like the way when you when you allow foreplay to be just so much more interesting Mm -hmm. and foreplay starts at the end of your last orgasm, you know, like, Ooh, (laughs) so if that's possible, like how can your date and also like the way you drink, but it's like, you're constantly looking for that, that flirtation, that arousal, that intrigue, that mystery, that like, maybe, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe it's not going to happen. Yeah. like your life just gets so much more fun yeah. And then the alcohol. It's like, yeah, it can be the enhancement, but just so clear that it's not like, does it actually help? And where does it start yes. hinder the experience or block you?
1: There was, there was one day that I was out on a date with my husband and we went to a really nice restaurant and I ordered hot tea and I was the bitch drinking hot tea at the bar. And he had a glass of wine, you know? And I, and I, as a server who I used to wait tables all through college yeah. grad school, like
0: I had Heavy hated- eye roll, I roll. What do you want, hot lemon with water? I, Even worse.
1: And I'm like, oh God, here I come. It's me coming in with a hot tea. But what I realized was that what I was wanting cause it was a chillier day was like something to warm me and alcohol warms, mm, you know, totally. alcohol. And when you think of like sex and desire, like it's this heatedness. That we often are wanting. We're wanting this like warmth from within. And alcohol often like kind of like mm-hmm. is like a stoker. You know, right. like, like I never thought of that. Up, you know, but like mm-hmm.
0: hot tea. I mean, hot tea, let me tell you. <laughs> oh. If you work with Jenny, she's gonna tell you all the tips. It's hot like all tea. The, you know. I'm a meal, okay? <laughs> Milfy Jenny coming in hot. Oh, yeah. The cocktail oh of the God. evening is- yes. Earl Grey, girl. Uh, yeah, we're gonna caffeinated. Oh, now we're getting crazy. <laughs> okay, tone it down, tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but the hot tea was
1: like, oh, this is actually what I'm wanting. I'm wanting something that is warm for me. And it was just this another another layer of what I thought I wanted from alcohol, but what I was really wanting was a sensation. What I was really wanting was an inner experience in my body. And there's just other ways that we can get that. And I'm Mm. I'm just falling in love with this conversation around drinking as foreplay. Cause I do a thing with my clients where we drink a glass super, super slow, just as a a way to like, see what it really tastes like and to see if our brains actually really like the taste and and all that stuff. So like we do that. But this is like a way of doing it, especially for people who really want to keep alcohol in their lives. And I have a lot of clients who are like that. who want to keep it in like pretty regularly, you know, like once or twice a week. And so this way of letting it be so sexual and seductive is. Mm -hmm.
0: Can you just tell people where you are, how to find you and your magic in the world? briefly. Yes, yeah,
1: thank you. So <laughs> I am. I hang out mostly on Instagram, and you can find me at Jenny Jector. It's J U E C H T E R. Connect with me there and follow me for a little while and see what a crazy um, mother and lady I am posting on my stories. <laughs> so <laughs> so creative,
0: so out there. Oh my gosh!
1: Yes. Um, and the magic I really do is around helping people create a more conscious relationship with food and alcohol. So I would say I really specialize in not helping people create sobriety, although that is not out of my wheelhouse, um, but really helping people to understand these emotional triggers that bring us into overconsumption in all sorts of areas, whether it's with food or with alcohol Um, and, you know, connecting back to it's, it's to me, it's like, it's not, it's, we're not in recovery. We're in remembrance, so it's really like remembering these tr- truths about who we are and our real desires and where are we letting food and alcohol take place of that stuff.
0: So good. We didn't even talk about desire. Big, big D desire.
1: <laughs> this is it. This is why I'm going to have you on my cast. Yeah. I feel like we need to like,
0: we're just getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the foreplay that we're talking about. Okay. Feel- Jenny, until next time. So thank fine, you. let's go uh, get our foreplay on and I'll see you soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. love to hear from you and know what pleasure topics you want to hear more about. Also, you're invited to join my free Facebook group and erotic book club, The Electric Ladies Lounge. And if you're curious about one-on-one coaching, book a consultation and see how pleasure coaching works and can transform your life.